0: The Times newspaper in London in the early
1: 1900s posed a question to several prominent authors of the day. This is the question they wanted these authors to answer. What is wrong with the world today? A number of authors responded. Uh, Among those was a well-known author by the name of G.K. Chesterton. And his response to the newspaper came in the form of a one-sentence essay.
0: Actually, just two words. Dear sirs, I am yours, G.K. Chesterton. What's wrong with the world? I am. Tonight, what I want you to understand as we look at the Scripture together is that what's wrong with the world is not what's out there. What's wrong with the world is what's in here. You understand? All of
1: humanity, every single one of us, As heart trouble. Now there's a cure. But before the cure for humanity's heart trouble will do us any good. We have to both understand. And admit. That with humanity. The heart of the problem. Is the problem of the heart. So tonight I want you to look with me at Mark chapter 7. We'll be looking at verses 14 through 23. When you found that, I'll invite you to stand
0: for the reading of God's Word. After he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them,
1: Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach. And is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he was saying. That which proceeds out of the man. That is what defiles the man. For from within. Out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts. Fornications. Thefts. Murders. Adulteries. Deeds of coveting and wickedness. As well as deceit. Sensuality. Envy. Slander. Pride and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and
0: defile the man. You can be seated. The scripture we looked at this morning,
1: we saw the Pharisees and scribes have sent a delegation from Jerusalem. They're coming to try to discredit Jesus. They're seeking to do away with Him by any means they can. So they seize upon the opportunity to accuse him and his disciples of breaking the law of God because the disciples were eating without ceremonially washing their hands. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Why don't they live according to the tradition? I don't know if you noticed this morning, but Jesus does not answer their question this morning. He immediately proceeds to rebuke them and indict them. Well, tonight in the Scripture we're looking at, Jesus comes back to this issue they've raised. They're saying that because the disciples did not ceremonially wash their hands, according to the tradition of the elders, that they were unclean, they were defiled. Here's the thought. If you ate with hands that had not been ceremonially washed, That means your hands were ritually unclean. And anything you touched would become ritually unclean. So the food that you touched, when you touched it to put it in your mouth, it would become unclean. So the idea is they would, by having defiled hands, they would be eating food that was unclean. This would make them defiled. Now, we're going to see this word defiled several times tonight. And the best way for you and I to understand that, it essentially means to be in a, in a state before God where you're unacceptable. A person who's defiled is a person who is unfit to be in the presence of God. Would not be allowed to go in the temple. It, it pictures being, being unclean and in a sinful, unacceptable state before God. So that's the issue. They're saying the disciples are unclean because they have not obeyed the ceremony of washing their hands before they ate. So tonight, we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at the lesson and the implications. First, we're going to see what is the lesson these verses teach us, and then I want to give us three implications. That flow out of the lesson. The lesson is very straightforward. It doesn't require a lot of explanation. It's easy to see. Okay, so I want to show you what the lesson is. But it's summarized for us in verse 15. He called the crowd to himself. He began telling them, listen to me all of you. Now he's responding to the Pharisees' accusation that if you don't wash your hands ceremonially, it makes you unclean makes your food unclean, therefore makes you unclean. Listen to me, all of you understand. There is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him, but the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. That is the thesis of his speech, his sermon. That's the main idea of this passage. Nothing from outside the man which goes into the man can defile him, What proceeds out of the man is what defiles him. So essentially, this is what he says. In verses 17 through 19, he tells us what doesn't defile us. And then in verses 20 to 23, he tells us what does defile us. So let's start with verses 17 through 19 and take a minute to notice what doesn't defile us. Verse 17, when he had left the crowd, entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said, are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him because it does not go into his heart? Now, we need to stop for just a minute and make sure we understand what does Jesus mean by the heart? He's not talking about the physical organ that pumps your blood. And for, for us in Western society, the heart represents the center or seat of our emotions and our feelings. But, but in the ancient Near East Jewish society, it was more than that. It was the center of all that you are. The core of your being. It represented the center or the seat of your mind, your will, your emotions, right? All your thinking and desiring and feeling. It's the center of who you are as a person. It is the real you below the surface, right? It's the core of who you are. That's your heart. And Jesus says, don't you understand that whatever goes into a man doesn't defile him, it doesn't make him unacceptable to God. Why? Because it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated. It says in the NASB that it's eliminated. It literally means what goes into his stomach then goes into the latrine. That's literally what it says. The food that you take into your digestive system passes through you and is, goes into the sewage, we might say it that way. In other words, nothing in the process of you taking in food and digesting food and eliminating food, nothing in that process affects the way you think or the way you feel. Or, or your actions. It's strictly a physical process. You understand? Ingesting food and that food passing from your body does not affect your heart. It does not affect your mind, your will, or your emotions. Strictly a physical process. Now look at the end of verse 19. Thus... He declared all foods clean. Okay. Nothing from outside of you, nothing that you take into your body, you ingest can make you unacceptable to God because it doesn't affect the core of who you are, your mind, your will, your emotions, your heart. It only affects your physical body and it just passes out of you. Now you see it. Most Bibles will have it in parentheses. Thus he declared all foods clean. Now, this is not something Jesus said. Jesus did not say that means all foods are clean. There are no such thing as unclean foods. Jesus did not say that. This is Mark looking back on Jesus' words and giving his editorial comment. In Greek it literally says cleansing all foods. That's all it says. The idea is Mark is giving us the implications of what Jesus said. Jesus said that nothing you eat can make you unacceptable to God. Mark is saying the implication of that is, that means there's really no such thing as food that can make you unclean. Okay, you understand? Now, according to the law in Leviticus, there were a lot of foods that could make you unclean. Foods that are not kosher. Right? Pork and different kinds like catfish and things, certain things that Jews are not able to eat. What Jesus is saying here is, those things ultimately are not what makes a person unclean. Now, if you read the book of Acts, you'll know that the Spirit of God came to Peter in a vision and told him to no longer call foods any food unclean. There was a shift taking place. I want to say it to you like this. One author explained it like this. The pronouncement of Jesus points to his authority as the Messiah and the Son of God who proclaims the new reality of the kingdom of God. Okay, There's a new reality. Jesus is ushering in the kingdom of God, and fulfilling the law. He's bringing to completion all the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament. He is what they all point to. In other words, all those things are now finding their fulfillment. And that would include the food laws. So Jesus has now come to deal with our real problem, not just the superficial problem. What is the real problem? Well, he says, it's not what you eat. That's not what defiles you. Now let's notice what does defile you. Verses 20 to 23. That which proceeds out of the man is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart proceed. Now look at this list with me. Evil thoughts. You ever had one of those? Fornications. That simply means sexual immorality. That's any sexual activity outside of the marriage of one man, one woman. That would include premarital sex. That would include homosexual sex. It would include adultery. Thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting. That's greed. Wickedness as well as deceit. That's Deception, deceiving other people. Sensuality, that means pursuing pleasure without any moral restraint. Envy, slander, tearing others' character down, defaming other people with your words. Pride, which is arrogance. And foolishness, this means failure to act with good moral judgment. Now, understand, this list is not intended to be extensive. It's just an example. It's called a vice list, a list of vices. He said, these are the things which defile defile a person. Why? Because they come from the
0: heart. What is he saying? He's talking about sin. And he said, your sin is a result of who you are. Listen to me. Let me say it this way.
1: You are not a sinner because
0: you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. It's who you are. It's
1: not just what you do. It's who you are. What did Jesus say? From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it's not just your words. Your actions flow from your heart. I want you to think about a scripture from the Old Testament. This problem of the heart has been the problem from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Jesus is telling us the wickedness of man flows from who he is at the core of his being. What is Jesus really telling us here? When you think about this idea of being unclean, unacceptable to God, let me say it this way uncleanness
0: is moral, not ritual. Uncleanness, being defiled
1: before God, is moral, not ritual. In other words, it's not because you failed to jump through certain religious hoops. It's not because you failed to keep the rules. You're unclean, not because of that stuff, not because you don't wash your hands like the Pharisees tell you to. You're unclean because of what's in here. Because that's where sin comes from. Sin is not a product of failure to wash your hands before you eat. It may make you nasty, but it don't
0: make you unacceptable to God. What does not defile us is things we ingest. What does defile
1: us comes from inside of us. The heart. So what's the lesson? There's no ambiguity in what Jesus is telling us here. Food is eaten and does not defile us.
0: What defiles us is the evil that is inherent in human beings.
1: It's the evil that is with us and in us and part of us from the time we are born. What did David say? In sin did my mother conceive me. That doesn't mean she conceived him by having sex outside of marriage. No.
0: He said from the time I was conceived I had a sinful human nature. The evil that is inherent within human beings
1: is what defiles us before God. Being unclean, being defiled, are matters of intention. They're matters of the heart. They're not a result of violating some religious ritual. Let me summarize it this way. And this is is the way I would summarize the message of these verses. It's a dirty heart that makes you unacceptable to God. It's not dirty hands that make you unacceptable to God. It's a dirty heart that makes you unacceptable
0: to God. Now, I want, I want to give us three implications of that. If it's
1: our heart that makes us unacceptable to God, what are three implications of that? Here's the first one. External conformity to rules doesn't make us acceptable to God. Let me say that again. External conformity to rules doesn't make us acceptable to God. Tell me if you think this makes sense. If uncleanness is a matter of the heart and Jesus just said it is then doesn't it stand to reason that cleanness is a matter of the heart. If one's true isn't the other necessarily true? If it's a dirty heart that makes you unacceptable to God, doesn't it stand to reason that what you need to be acceptable to God is a clean heart? Doesn't that make sense? It does. And what that means is just you keeping a bunch of religious rules doesn't make you acceptable to God because that doesn't affect your heart. That doesn't clean your heart just because you walk through certain rules and rituals. If that was true, the Pharisees would have been clean because they kept all the rules. But what did Jesus say about them? Jesus called them hypocrites and He said in Matthew, they're whitewashed tombs. On the outside they're shiny, but on the inside they're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. What was He saying? You keep the rules and you got the rituals, but you are unclean in the sight of God. Why? Because external rules and rituals are not enough to make you acceptable in the sight of God because just like being defiled is a matter of the heart, being clean before God is a matter of the heart, not a matter of what you do with your hands. Now, what you do with your hands should be impacted by the condition of your heart. But your heart will not be changed just because you have a set of religious traditions that you keep. For example, you can pray and still have a wicked heart in the sight of God. You can read your Bible and still have a wicked heart in the sight of God. You can come to church and still have a wicked heart in the sight of God. Just doing those things does not change the condition of your heart, even though they're good things. Why? Because being acceptable in the sight of God is a matter of the heart, not a matter of keeping certain rules. Here's the second implication of this truth.
0: Only Jesus can make us acceptable to God. Being unclean before God is a matter of the heart, which means being clean before God is a matter of the
1: heart. The only way to have a clean heart is through
0: Jesus. In the Old Testament, God promised to make a new
1: covenant with His people. The people of Israel could not keep the law. They were never going to be able to keep the law. It was God's plan all along to to, to make a covenant with His people through His Son, Jesus. From the very beginning, God planned to send Jesus. The time came in history when God announced to the people, Israel, that He was going to make a new covenant with them. He was going to change the way He dealt with His people. And he did that when Jesus came. But I want you to hear how he described this new covenant. It's in Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27. Listen to how he, what God says he's going to do through Jesus, through this new covenant. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. We'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will be careful to observe my ordinances. What God said is, I'm going to take out that wicked, dirty heart. I'm going to give you a new heart. And what that means is, that means the gift of the Holy Spirit that he plants within us a new nature, a new way of thinking, a new way of desiring and feeling and willing. New emotions, new desires, new thoughts. He's going to do that. And He calls it giving you a new heart. Taking that heart that's unclean and wicked and giving us
0: the Spirit of God. What's the only way for that to happen? Through Jesus, only Jesus can give you a new heart. Do you understand? The fact people say, you know, it may be well. This is this is good news. It,
1: we're not defiled because we break these rituals. We're only defiled if we have an unclean heart. That's
0: not good news. It's terrible news because everybody has an unclean heart. You understand? When Jesus said,
1: what comes from the heart of man is what defiles him, He wasn't just indicting the Pharisees,
0: He was indicting all of us. All of us have an unclean heart. Did you notice the first
1: thing in that list Jesus mentioned? This list of sins that come from an unclean heart.
0: The first one was evil thoughts. Who in here has never had an an evil thought? Raise your hand. All of us have. Today.
1: So only Jesus can make us acceptable to God. The good news is, He can. And He will. And for those of us who have trusted Him, He has. But remember, we're only acceptable to God because of Jesus. Right? Because of what he's done. Because he cleansed us of sin and gave us a new heart. That's the only reason we're acceptable to God. Not because we magically figured out how to do God's will perfectly. Now here's the third implication of this message that I want to give you. As Christians, we should regularly examine our hearts. What do I mean? It's true that if you're truly a believer, if you've been born again through faith in Christ, you have been given the Spirit of God to come and take up residence in you. But, that does not mean you no longer have sinful desires. Because you still live in a body that is unredeemed. You still have a sinful human nature that resides within this flesh. And because of that, there's a war described in Romans 7 between your flesh and the Spirit of God in you. And so even sometimes in our heart of hearts, we want to do what's right. Sometimes our flesh is so strong, we still end up doing what's wrong. What that means is, it's very appropriate for us as Christians to take a close look at our hearts. What are our true motives about this issue? What are our true feelings
0: about this issue? Am I thinking right about this issue? You understand?
1: About this decision. God, am I thinking right about this decision? Are my thoughts in line with your thoughts? Are the emotions I'm having in this moment consistent with what they ought to be for somebody who's filled with the Spirit of God? Are my desires in this moment, what they ought to be? How often do we stop and really examine our hearts in this
0: moment? In this moment, where's my heart? I, I believe as
1: Christians, we should have a regular practice of saying, God, let me see my heart the way it really is. I know you've changed me. I know you've given me a new heart. But God, I know I'm still fleshly. I'm still sinful. And I want you to help me to see if my thoughts are what they should be, if my desires are what they should be, if my
0: emotions are what they should be. We should examine our hearts. Listen,
1: I want to tell you again, The bottom line of the message is this. It's a dirty heart that makes you unacceptable to God. What we need is a clean heart. I'm going to make a suggestion to you. Something I think might help you. Something I think would be good if you would pray this every morning during your prayer time for the next seven days. Just for this week.
0: Starting tomorrow through next Sunday. Pray the first half of Psalm 51.10. Psalm
1: 51.10 is the prayer of David.
0: Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. What a wonderful way to begin your day. God... Today, create in me a clean heart through Your Son, Jesus. Help me to think, desire, and feel consistently
1: with Your Son. Help me to have the thoughts I ought to have, the will, the desires I ought to have, the emotions and feelings I ought to have. God, this day, create in me a heart that's clean so I can be acceptable in Your sight. Pastor Corey Brooks spent a large part of the winter in 2022 on a rooftop in Chicago, sleeping in a tent. Why in the world would he sleep on a rooftop during the winter in Chicago? Well, he was trying to raise awareness and raise resources for the neighborhoods on the south side of Chicago, which were ravaged by violence and poverty. Well, on the 120th day of his little vigil, he was joined by two other pastors, Carl Clausen and Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute. So as the three pastors were talking, Pastor Brooks asked the question, why is Jesus the key to filling the void in people's lives? And transforming them for the better. Why is Jesus the key? Transforming lives. Mark Job, in response to that question, he told this story. And I'm going to read it to you in his words. I'll take you back a few years. I'm not going to mention what mayor it was, but it was one of the mayors of the city of Chicago who came to our church. There had just been a couple of execution-style murders in the city of Chicago. And I could tell this mayor was just down. He looked at a group of maybe 40 pastors that had gathered together and he said this, our city is in a mess. There's violence. We don't have the answers to this. We can try to police it. We can try to educate it. We can try to create business opportunities, but we have a soul problem in this city.
0: Gentlemen and ladies, what you have to offer is the real answer.
1: Here is the mayor of Chicago admitting that political and social structures cannot change
0: this problem. This is a spiritual and a soul problem. Listen, what Jesus is saying to us in these verses is that
1: mankind has a soul problem, a spiritual problem, a heart problem. And political structures, social structures,
0: and even religious structures cannot change it. But Jesus can. And only Jesus can. Let's pray.